0: It's really good to be back with you after a short break from the podcast, in which time I've regained some much-needed focus and inspiration for future episodes. Before we get into this month's episode, though, I have a favour to ask, if I may. If you've been listening, enjoying and benefiting from the Historical Belfast podcast, I'm asking you to consider supporting the podcast on Patreon. In fact, the podcast would benefit hugely from your support on Patreon. By going to www.patreon.com forward slash historical Belfast, you will ensure that this podcast continues to grow. It's important to me that the Historical Belfast podcast continues to be free to access. However, there are costs associated with keeping this show on the road, not to mention the time required to produce it. And so on the Patreon page, I'll be publishing exclusive episodes, free access to my walking tours, additional posts and content, competitions and much, much more. So please, if you can, visit patreon.com forward slash historical Belfast to show your support and join the historical Belfast community. Be forgiven for being completely unaware of the rich Jewish heritage that exists in Belfast, despite being a relatively small community today, less than a hundred and still declining. the Jews of Belfast have left an indelible mark on the history of our city. The first Jews to arrive in Belfast in the nineteenth century were mostly linen merchants who came initially from Germany from eighteen sixty five onwards. The Jewish community were a not insignificant thread that ran through Belfast's complex and multi-layered history. The first synagogue was built at 113 Great Victoria Street with the foundation stone being laid in 1871. The synagogue was founded by Daniel Jaffe, a linen merchant from Hamburg who came to Belfast with the aim of establishing business links with our flourishing linen industry. Today, Daniel Jaffe is commemorated by an ornamental drinking fountain that still stands beside the Victoria Square shopping centre. Despite the erection of a synagogue, the Jewish community in Belfast were still very small in number. By 1869, for example, there were just 21 Jews living in the town, and in 1871 there were just 55 Jews living in the province of Ulster. Others were on the way in the form of penniless refugees who wanted to provide a better life for their children and their grandchildren. From May 1882 onwards, and after repressive laws that were passed in Tsarist Russia, thousands of Jews from Russia and Eastern Europe migrated to Ireland. Consequently, a small number of Polish and Russian Jews found their way to Belfast at a time when the relatively young city was experiencing rapid growth. By the latter part of the 19th century, individuals from the Jewish community were beginning to come to prominence in Belfast. Sir Otto Jaffe, son of the aforementioned Daniel Jaffe, for example, who ran Jaffe Brothers linen manufactures, he became member of Belfast Corporation in 1892 before going on to serve as Lord Mayor of Belfast from 1899 to 1900 and then in 1904 to 1905. During his second term as Lord Mayor, Sir Otto Jaffe opened the Annesley Street Synagogue in North Belfast, the heartland of Belfast's Jewish community at that time. The synagogue was soon followed by the Jaffe Public Elementary School that was opened on the corner of the Cliftonville Road in 1907. The school, which stood out because of its large and airy rooms, was open to any child to attend regardless of their religion. Protestant and Catholic children outnumbered Jews in the school, nevertheless generations of Jewish school children attended the Jaffe school and received both their religious and secular education there. At its peak in the 1950s, the Jewish community reached around 1500 people. To put that number in context, there were around 6000 Jews living in Ireland. In terms of numbers then, Belfast's Jewish community was second only to Dublin during the middle part of the 20th century. Indeed, you may recognise some of these famous Jewish names with Belfast connections. Chime Herzog, former President of Israel. Helen Lewis, the dancer and choreographer. Gustav Wolff of Harland and Wolff. Isaac Morris and Harry Edelstone of Beaverbrook's Jewelers. And Harold Goldblatt, a founder of the Ulster Group Theatre. More recently, however, the Belfast Jewish Heritage Group, who are dedicated to researching and telling these stories, have been working on a special project about Jewish heritage in Northern Ireland. The research project, which became an interactive map of important sites of Jewish memory, was funded by the Northern Ireland office as part of the Shared History Fund to mark the centenary of the Northern Ireland state. The work is dedicated to the pioneers of the Jewish community in Northern Ireland and also to the people of Northern Ireland who accepted and welcomed them. For episode 27 of the Historical Belfast podcast, I've been speaking to Stephen Jaffe, director of the Jewish Heritage Project, and I began by asking him how the project came about.
1: Well firstly, Jason, I'm delighted to have this opportunity of speaking to you about the, the Jewish History Project. Uh, I grew up in Belfast as a member of the the Jewish community there back in the 70s and 80s and the community then numbered I'd say a couple of hundred. Uh, so by that stage it wasn't a a big community at all but I always had a an interest in the history of that community it might be as simple as the fact that (laughs) my family name Jaffe Uh, as many people will know that there was a, a Lord Mayor of Belfast uh, back in the very end of the of the 19th century, early 20th century, called Sir Otto Jaffe. And every time I went up to school, which was uh, Belfast Royal Academy on, on Cliftonville Road, I passed the Jaffe Centre, which uh, many people will remember was on the, the corner of, of the Cliftonville and Antrim roads. Uh, and that was uh, a school that had originally been uh, established by the Jaffe family. So people would often ask me, are you related to the Lord Mayor or even presume that I was, Uh, but I'm not. Uh, They came from a very uh, wealthy German background. They were linen merchants. The 10 square hotel at the back of City Hall was their uh, headquarters, uh, their business headquarters. Uh, My family came from further Eastern Europe, uh, from uh, what's today Lithuania uh, and Poland. Uh, and we were part of a later wave of immigration, of, of uh, Jews uh, leaving Eastern Europe by the million uh, in the late 19th, early 20th century, and most of them uh, heading for America. Why my family ended up in, in Belfast, I perhaps will never know. But that interest in the in the history of the, of the community has been with me really since I was at school. Uh, I took it on a little bit further uh, when I went to college, and uh, it's something that I've always uh been really fascinated by and for such a small community it is extremely diverse so I've mentioned the Jaffe family the founders of the Belfast Jewish community was also his father they were German Jews and, and they would have arrived in Belfast in 1850s and other German Jewish families arriving in the 1860s my lot if you like the, the later wave of, of Jews from Eastern Europe coming in the 1890s 1900s typically. And there was a, a subsequent wave of uh, refugees uh, from uh, Nazi Germany coming in the 30s from, from Europe. Uh, many people will be aware of the Malial refugee farm, which brought uh, younger refugees, including members of the Kinder Transport. These were sometimes very young children, preteens, uh, that were brought out of Germany and Czechoslovakia in the 30s, but without their families. And a farm was established by some older refugees. And the kinder transport ended up there so that was a third way so i was just fascinated by this and there although the jewish community has been very small uh, it, it's, it's left a real legacy of contribution and i felt it was really important that that contribution uh, should be recorded uh, and promoted because i think it's an important part not just of the jewish community's history of the wider history of belfast and indeed of of, of northern ireland as to the kind of the genesis of the Belfast Jewish Heritage Project, well, I can trace that. I was sitting in, a, in, a, in an airport and I was looking at the departure board uh, at the airport, all the, where all the planes were flying to. And it seemed to me that every city uh, that was mentioned in the departure board had an amazing Jewish history. There was Prague, Budapest, Warsaw, and Belfast was there. And I thought, well, Belfast also has its Jewish story. And what would it be like, I thought, if perhaps I did a a Jewish walking tour? And I threw the idea out on Facebook. The response was amazing. People from across the community said, yeah, we'd be really interested in that. The Belfast Telegraph gave me a two-page splash, which was brilliant. Then I did the the tour uh, quite soon after that. Huge numbers of people. It was about 70 people the first time. Uh, much more than I'd ever bargained for, and I I did uh, some more. And it just seemed that many people, for all sorts of reasons, wanted to know more about this aspect of the city's history. One person said to me, look, this is is really great. It's not Protestant history, it's not Catholic history, it's Jewish history. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, And other people would come up to me and say, well, I remember the uh, Jewish person who was at my school or a Jewish person who I worked with. Do I know what happened to them, the family? So there was all sorts of personal connections people wanted to remember. So the Jewish community is perhaps the oldest ethnic and faith community uh, in Belfast. Uh, Its history goes back, you know, 150 years. Uh, Throughout that period, changes and, and stuff. So there's a lot to record, a lot to document. And because the community is now so small, getting smaller, quite an aged community. There's a a diaspora of former Belfast Jews living around the world. I thought really important to reach out to them uh, to ensure that whatever material they had, whatever sources that they had on the history of the community should not be lost. So that could be photographs, their own reminiscences, uh, documentary uh, evidence as, as well so that's a, another part of the project as well as reaching out to the wider community to educate also I think this is a you know a very late stage of reaching out to members of the community former members of the community and asking them ensuring that what they have is not lost so it's been uh running now for a couple of years COVID has obviously had a an impact in terms of some of the in-person events uh, but a particular initiative which uh we did uh, recently is launching online a map, a heritage map of Northern Ireland, which identifies locations throughout the province,
0: uh, across Belfast, each with a Jewish story to tell. And so then like many, many others, you applied to the Shared History Fund and were successful. Uh, what I wonder is what factors helped you decide that now was the right time for this project? I mean, why did it not happen five, 10 years ago for it. Well,
1: it's a a great shame, Jason, that it didn't because, uh, as I've said, you know, this process of reaching out to members of the community for their source material is late in the day because many families have now left who were stalwarts of the community. Many of them who were the Belfast Jewish community spawned any number of committees and organisations, each with their own minute books. Uh, And sadly, so much of that has been lost. Uh, families moving away, clearing out the house, not realising the historical value of what they have. So I I would say, yes, it's late in the day, but it's never too late and and you've got to, you know, make the best of of where you are. And over the last year of the Shared History Project, we Mm have unearthed quite a lot of documentation that uh, a number of sadly recently bereaved families, so they were in the process of having to clear out a loved one's House. It's not a pleasant task, uh, by any means. Coming across amazing material uh, relating to the, to the history of the community. So it's things like the Scouts movement. There was a Jewish Scouts troop in, in, in Belfast. The kosher butchers, uh, the last kosher butchers on the Antrim Road. It closed down, I think, sometime in the 80s. Uh, but we, we discovered uh, some of the ledgers uh, from that business, some of the, the correspondence uh so something like that which could easily have ended up on the skip uh has been safeguarded it's been deposited in in professional archives in, in in belfast so uh why now well i think if we'd have left it even later it would have been a worse situation but
0: uh yeah i wish it had been uh many years ago so the result then as you said before it's an interactive map which allows users to navigate around seventy locations. Is that right? Of significance across Northern Ireland, I wonder if you could you give us an overview of what people can expect to see on the interactive map, and also an idea of the level of work that went into this. Because um, sometimes people who log onto these things and click onto these websites don't appreciate the level of work and research and man hours that goes into these things.
1: Well, absolutely. It was, it's a lifetime's work as, as far as I'm concerned because it is something that I've felt passionately about, as I've said, since I, I was at school. Uh, so a, a lot of it was articles that I've written in the past, so published in maybe the Belfast Telegraph or in the Jewish press or the newsletter, Irish news, whatever. So some of it was already published and adapted from that. So, some of it is absolutely new. Some of the stories uh, that we've come across in researching the, the map absolutely new to me, uh, and some of the, the towns and, and villages in Northern Ireland which are included on the map with a Jewish story to tell, uh, I had no idea of. So we've got five-mile town where a, a refugees set up a, a, a factory, Cookstown, where there was a very important uh, factory, the Dainty Fit factory that was established by Hungarian uh, Jewish refugees. Some really quirky stories, uh, footballers, one of the first... Uh, Jewish footballers to play in the top flight. Uh, Glasgow man, but he came across to play for both and Infield. And uh, it's been amazing the people who've who've helped contribute to the the map. So, uh, for instance, that footballing story uh, was written uh, and researched originally by a guy who's uh, doing a football uh, blog uh, and and he brought that to my attention and and that for the map. So, what would people will expect? Everything from a Soviet uh, foreign minister who lived in Clifton Park Avenue in North Belfast, to the president of Israel who was born in, in Belfast, uh, Herzog, his future brother-in-law, Abba Iban, who was Israel's leading diplomat of the 20th century, lived uh, just off the Antrim road, around the corner. So at that level, I mean, amazing people of, of global importance. The first Irish Oscar winner, Was a Belfast-born Jew. He uh, he won the very first, so that even before they were called Oscars, the first Academy Award in the nineteen twenties. He won two, actually. So that's a story that I think many people are just not not aware of at all. But as well as kind of these kind of global stories, we've tried to to uh, drill down to the to the ordinary members of the community, and, and we've looked at, for instance, Libys Delicatessen, which was a, a kosher delicatessen on, on the Antrimerals, uh, an organization called the Hebra Gemara. so looking at the internal history of the community, this were, were a group of uh, really, I, I guess, Eastern European immigrants who every evening would uh, devote themselves to study of Jewish sacred texts, and, and, and we, we talk about their record of learning, quite a remarkable record which is attached to the Anzley Street Synagogue. I think w- what many people will, will discover by looking at the map is very familiar locations which have a Jewish story to tell which perhaps they are not aware of and one of them will of course be very familiar to you Jason because it's the Lindenhall Library. Mm-hmm. That building, impressive building facing onto what's well, now City Hall, uh, began its life as the uh, Headquarters of, of a of a linen firm, a, a German, uh, Jewish linen firm called Moore and Weinberg. It was actually a partnership. The Moor family were from Cookstown. The Weinbergs were a German Jewish family originally working for the Jaffee brothers, uh, but then sets up, up on his own. Uh, it brings in another very well-known German Jewish family called the Lewentolls, working out of what is today the Linen Hall Library. They, they built the, the building back in the 1860s. Uh, there was a lady called Peggy Lewenthal, who perhaps is still remembered in Belfast. She was uh, the granddaughter of, of the partner in that firm, and she was very much involved in bringing Jewish refugees out of Nazi occupied uh, Europe. After the war, she went to Belsen and spent uh, a number of years there. Uh, in humanitarian relief for Holocaust survivors. So it's an amazing story which begins uh, in Belfast and is intimately connected with the Hall Library. But I wonder how many library users would would be aware of that prehistory of the building. And and there are other sites uh, which everyone knows uh, and yet they have a Jewish story to tell. And I I think that's an important aspect of the map.
0: I mean, I certainly had no idea that Jewish connection until I looked at the map. And looking at the map, as I have done, I estimate about half of the locations maybe are in Belfast. And I wondered then just how crucial is Belfast uh, to the Jewish story in Northern Ireland?
1: Well, it is. And even you can narrow it down and say North Belfast, because that is, that is where the majority of my great grandparents coming from Poland and Lithuania first settled uh, at the bottom of the Crumlin Road. And that, that was Belfast little Jerusalem. And we have a story on the map. Uh, by a a man called Mendel Cohen, who I remember as a lovely member of of the Belfast Jewish community. Uh, Very fortunately, he was uh, interviewed uh, and he tells his story as a child growing up in that quarter of of Belfast, uh, the various Jewish shops that served that very early Jewish community, the schools he went to, the Jaffe school. Uh, So uh, there's that aspect of, of, of Belfast. But what I actually found fascinating was the opposite. Uh, the Jewish stories outside of that kind of well-known North Belfast uh, area, uh, and I've mentioned some of them. There was a, there was organized Jewish communities in Londonderry, a Londonderry Hebrew con- congregation, a Lurgan Hebrew congregation. So they had their own, not perhaps not grand enough to call them synagogues, but their own prayer rooms for, a, for a, quite a long period of time, their own ministers, their own... Uh, rabbis. Uh, and uh, there was even a, a tiny community at one stage in Armagh. And then there are kind of towns in, in Northern Ireland where there was perhaps one individual Jew or a Jewish family. Uh, and often they had a, an amazing kind of involvement in, in that town. So the Waterman family in Don Patrick, they were uh, shoe repairers, a man called Mr Bendis in in Bally Castle. So that was a bit of a revelation to me as having grown up in North Belfast and that kind of Jewish community. I'm very familiar with the the Jewish sites there to discover that there'd been other Jewish communities, which, yes, I was vaguely aware of it. But some of the details there about Jewish life outside of Belfast, I think, took me by surprise. Uh, And I have a a colleague in the map, a a friend called Bernard Enlander, who looks specifically at the... uh, stories of refugees coming in the 30s. And uh, the absolutely amazing contribution that they that they made in, in many cases. So for example, the village of Shrigley, which is outside of Killileigh. This was a, a, a village that had a, a huge linen uh, mill, which had closed in the early 20th century with the, with the demise of the Irish linen industry, causing deep, deep poverty there. And a Czech Jewish family that were forced out at the time of the Nazi occupation of the Sudetenland and, and Czechoslovakia ended up uh, re-establishing a tannery business, which they had in Czechoslovakia, in Strigley. And that provided employment to a you know, village where it was very badly needed. They ended up bussing in workers from Don Patrick, from, from roundabout, so that's a story that, again, I was vaguely aware of it, but never knew the, the detail uh, of it. So there, there's a lot of surprises, I would say, uh, in, in the map. Uh, so yes, you're right, Belfast is the centre. North Belfast is where the Jewish community has been perhaps most visible with, with synagogues, with uh, a Jewish school, the Jewish day school in the, in the 1890s, uh, which becomes the Jaffe School. I've mentioned it at the bottom of the Cliftonville Road. That wasn't a specifically... Or exclusively Jewish school, Protestants and Catholics attended it uh, as well. That's, if you like, the center, but beyond that, there are many stories of, of various kinds of Jews, not all of them by any means religious Jews, some of them very secular, some of them liberal and progressive Jews, some of them have may- maybe even converted to other, other faiths, so we mention all the stories, uh, and I think we're over 70, we've got over 70 now, and they're still coming in, and we'll, we'll, we will we'll add to it. That's the beauty, I guess, of, of an online resources that you can always add to it, and, and that's an ongoing uh, process.
0: Now, one of the locations that I was more familiar with than others was the burial ground at Belfast City Cemetery. And when I'm showing people and groups around there, I normally begin by telling them the story of the two sectarian walls, in the cemetery one which was intended to separate the catholic blessed ground from the protestant burial ground and the other which encloses the jewish burial plot at the white rock roadside of the cemetery and i have to say people are always absolutely fascinated by the jewish section so many questions they've got no idea really that it exists until i bring them there uh, and it kind of has this mystique about it because it's now closed to the public but i wonder for the Jewish community in Northern Ireland today, how, how important is this burial ground, given that it's closed, that there's no more burials take place there? I mean, do the Jewish community in Belfast have a way of commemorating their dead in that cemetery?
1: So uh, absolutely. I mean, it's a place of kind of family connection. The cemetery is always a you know deeply spiritual place. Uh, so that, that's very deep. Uh, sadly uh, because of its location uh, it has been the subject of vandalism in in uh, recent years sometimes quite serious uh, instances of vandalism that that wall that you mentioned uh can encourage people who are in it to behave badly uh, but i'm delighted to say that uh, i think there's been a huge turnaround there. there there's an information board that has just gone up recently there's obviously a lot of work going on in the cemetery generally to promote its heritage and i'm delighted that the jewish section is part of that uh, and i think it's as you say it is a bit of a revelation uh to people doing uh walking through city cemetery or doing a tour there t- to see a a jewish uh section a small section but, but i think important uh the the Jaffe family that I've mentioned uh, on a number of occasions is commemorated by a large obelisk, but also within that Jewish section is the poor section, so there's a a grassed area, uh, which uh, corresponding to the poor section in the the cemetery generally, uh, there are no individual headstones, but we do have thankfully the records uh, of uh, everyone who who was buried there. a sad aspect of the of the jewish section uh, it's very much of its day it's a victorian cemetery uh i think about a half of the people buried there are children uh because of you know very high child mortality uh, rates in belfast at that time so i i think that's it's good that it's, it's opening up if you like uh with, with the information boards uh i think that's all all to the good it, again it's although there's a wall there it's part and parcel of the history of the wider uh, cemetery. And I think it's, uh, really
0: positive, uh, to see what's, what's going on there now. And just finally then, um, any walking tours planned? And also can you just advise people on how can they access the interactive map?
1: Lovely. So what, well, uh, planned? Absolutely. It's, it's, uh, interest, you know, the cruise ships are, are back in and, uh, Jewish tourists very often, uh, Contact me and, and and want to do a tour. So we've got uh, plans plans for that. Uh, accessing the map is uh, easy. It's, uh, it's Google Belfast Jewish Heritage, and it will come up. Uh, and uh, by all means, contact us once you get on the to the map. There's there's a, a uh, email, an opportunity to to email us. If we have a mailing list. We'll mention that events. Uh, that are coming up, will uh, not just walking tours, by the way, we, we've got a, a, a city council uh, event coming up with, with various communities across the city uh, participating. So we will be promoting Jewish culture at that. Uh, so all sorts of things happening. And uh, thank you again, Jason, for the opportunity really to, to kind of promote this. Uh, we really want to engage with people from right across the board, Jewish, not Jewish, people around the world actually you know Jewish people around the world are intrigued by the fact that there's a Jewish community in Northern Ireland if they're aware of Northern Ireland it's through our unfortunate uh, history of conflict they'll know about Protestants and Catholics uh, they're perhaps not aware of the of, of Jewish community so it's, it's performing a, a kind of outreach both in Northern Ireland and far beyond so I'm I really grateful to you for, for this opportunity to, to talk about it
0: thank you as ever for listening to this edition of the Historical Belfast podcast. If you're a first-time listener, you can access the entire back catalogue of episodes for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast content. Please, if you can though, leave a review because this is really helpful in moving the podcast up the charts, but also please share the episodes on your social media and in your WhatsApp groups. Lastly, I want to make you all aware of two upcoming Historical Belfast walking tours. The first is on Saturday the 23rd of July at Belfast City Cemetery, and the second is on Sunday the 24th of July, and it's a First World War walking tour in East Belfast. Tickets are available on www.historicalbelfast.com, and it would be really nice to meet up with some of you there.